Yo, what's up, everybody? It's Richie Post America Podcast. We're back. Normally, we would start off with uh, the intro, as you all know, everybody's favorite intro. Gets everybody revved up. But today, we have something very important to say. We want to get it out of the way, you know, quickly. Not that it's not important. It's very important. But we wanted to, uh, you know, hit the nail on the head, start start this off immediately and and come to grips and terms with the stupid things we have done. As some of you know, we played Tompkins Square Park about two weeks ago, April 24th, 2001. And uh, we didn't think much of it going in, except we'd have a good time and play a hardcore show, you know. And uh, the money was going to a good cause, and we didn't care about the money. You know, we never do, but we just jumped on the bill, and we played a show, and now we realized... You know, later on that we made a big mistake and it's because of you people out there that held our feet to the fire and showed us what we did wrong and how so irresponsible we were to not play fighting in the streets during our set. See, man, did you think I was going to apologize for playing a hardcore show on a sun on a sunny day in New York City on hollowed ground? historic, documented, biblical area for hardcore music. Did you think I was going to apologize for that? The experts told you it's safe to be outside, go outside, blah, blah, blah. If you knew anything about New York City, you would already know it's bumping, but maybe you're watching Fox News every day and you're believing the hype that, that New York City is some kind of, some kind of uh, zombie apocalypse where nobody's out. Everybody's out. Every park's been bumping. Times Square's bumping. Washington Square's bumping. Everything's going on. It's been like that. Just because you don't know, I got to explain to you suckers yeah, we play the show. That's what we do. We're a hardcore band. We play fucking hardcore shows, you idiots. What'd you think? But guess what? You wished death upon us. You hoped it was a super spreader event. You hoped everybody there got COVID. You called us racist. You called us idiots. You stupid motherfuckers. You're on the wrong side of hardcore history. Two weeks later, nobody's dead, nobody's sick. Shut the fuck up. No super spreader. Where do you get your information? I thought you talk expert this, expert that. Listen to the experts. It's safe outside, you fucking clowns. And guess what? You know, many people hit me up, say, yo, Rich, I don't feel safe coming out. Don't sweat it, bro. I don't blame you. Stay home. Yeah, Rich, thanks. Yo, maybe you could uh, live stream for me because I still want to watch it. Of course, man. Of course I'll live stream it for you. That's respect. Or maybe you could have said, oh, man, these hardcore dudes, yo, respect, but I don't think that's a good idea. I hope it works out, guys, but I don't think it's a good idea. And then you could have left it at that. But no, a portion of you whiny scumbags wished death upon people in your scene not to mention the creators of your scene you wish death upon them you wish death upon them are you crazy are you gate lighting them are you gas keeping them are you trying to spook me or ghost me or whatever you say is that what you're trying to do you called us a band with a black man fronting it one of the very few in this whole fucking scene you called us racist you called Madball racist with, with two Latino members. 
the opening band, the capturers. Four, three or four guys and women are black in that band. And you're calling it a racist event with BLM set up, handing out literature at the entrances, and you're calling it a racist event because you didn't like it? You're so quick to use terms? Racist. Rapist. What? Get it straight, man. You guys are fucking scumbag rats. And get this straight. It's my scene. It's not yours. You are visitors. I go wherever the fuck I want. In my day, if a racist was coming through, guess what? We went to the show to see the racist. We didn't go online and say, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. We went there. We confronted it. What are you doing? You think we're racist? You think Wisdom and Chains is racist? Then come to a show and do something about it, if that's what you think. Guess what? I bet you won't. And guess what? You know deep inside. You know deep inside. You're a visitor. That's it. You exist because we allow it, because we've been nice for so long. But for you to turn on your own and wish death upon people that decided, you know what, we're going to play a show. This pandemic here in New York City's wrapping up. Restaurants are 100% capacity. There's a big event going on in Washington Square Park, way bigger than ours. Hmm. There's this, there's that, blah, blah, blah. Let's do a show because we're getting a lot of feedback that people, you know, they're kind of getting depressed, fed up. You know, they're not feeling right. They want to see a show. Let's do it. And let's take the money. Let's give it to a good cause. Let's do it. That's all we did. And you wish death upon us, you scumbags, pieces of shit. And now there's people saying, oh, it was falsely regarded as a 9-11 show. False. That never happened. It's not on the permit anywhere. Check with the lawyers. These guys don't play games. The guy that booked this fucking date, he's been doing it for... Before you were fucking born, he's been dealing with that park. He lives in that neighborhood. He don't have to play games to get a date. He's been doing it. But a lot of crying came out from people everywhere else that had known nothing about New York City. Nothing about how it's going. Guess what? From that day until now, the numbers are down. And they're going to keep on going down. Okay? You fucks. You pieces of shit. We played a show in Thompson Square Park. That's hollowed ground for hardcore. That's walking distance from that park. You got where the bad brain started. Well, where they recorded, where they jammed at when it came to New York. You got where Agnostic Front started. You got the Cro-Mags hollow ground where they were chilling. You remember the key line and judge about that park? So of course we played a show there, you fucking idiots. You crybabies. And to call it some, something related to Trump, we f I fucking hate Donald Trump. He's a piece of shit. Don't insult me like that. You know what I didn't see at that park? A red hat. That said, make America great. That's what I didn't see. I didn't see that once. You know what I did see? BLM literature, BLM pamphlets, BLM booths, selling merchandise, standing at the entrances, handing out literature. That's what I saw. You know what else I saw at the park? Literally the most diverse show culturally, ethnically, and racially that Wisdom and Chains has ever played. Okay? So all of your little bullshit garage basement shows that are 99.9% .9 white. You're telling us something? You don't know shit, man. Get a fucking clue. 
And you know why I'm doing this? Because it's fun to yell at you. That's why. It's fun. I put it on. You know where I'm going to be? Say something. You're not. It's pointless. But respect to the people that put that show on. Respect to the thousands that came out and are nice and healthy to this day. And their hearts are filled with joy for a great event. Respect to all of them. Especially respect for Madball. Because Madball was the one band that played that night that is a functioning full-time band. So they had something to lose. And they did it anyway. That's hardcore, okay? They had something to lose and they did it anyway. Could be a lot of bands that would have played that spot. But I don't know of anyone else that, that volunteered. I don't know of anyone else that was willing. Because we knew there would be some some feedback, some hate. But we imagined it be from outside our scene. Not from within our own scene. It's a foul bird that picks at its own nest. And that's what you did. Like I said, you could have said, man, guys, I hope the best for you guys, but I don't think it's responsible. But I, I really hope nobody gets sick. Could have said that. You didn't. You could have said, yo, man, I'd love to come, but I'm not comfortable. I can't wait to watch it online. Could have said that. But you didn't. Or you could have did what a lot of people did. Put a mask on and come out. But you didn't. Or you could have left your mask off and came out because in that park, it was filled with police. It was filled with park officials. It's a public park. The promoter of that show has no power to tell someone to wear or not wear a mask. He has no power to tell someone to leave the park. That's just how it is. So all your finger pointing, you look foolish. It's hard to even take you people serious at this point. And what bands, what bands feel like this? Like, come out, say, you know, write it in the concrete. Where do you stand on this? I wonder sometimes, you know what I mean? But, yo, check it out. I'm going to do a show review because that show was so dope. Baboon Head, kick that music in. This is the Post-America Podcast. What the fuck you know about podcasting? This is our shit. Post America. Macho Black, Richie Crutch, Chrissy the Baboon. Post America Podcast, son. Download that shit, motherfucker. All right, check it out, everybody. I'm going to uh, talk about that great show. That historic show. It was go down in in, in history as in, in, as a great hardcore moment, guaranteed. And uh, we weren't originally on the bill, as some of you saw by those dope ass posters we were they were selling at the park, and we weren't on them because they were made before we got added. But we were uh, we were planning to go and hang out and have fun and support. That's for sure. But uh, about a week or so, maybe more. Before the show, we were we were out to eat. Uh, some of us in the band are part of a, a secret society, a social club that revolves around pizza. And one of the promoters of the show in the park is also 
involved in that secret group. And we were out at a chosen pizza spot up in New Rochelle, New York. And it was myself, our singer Joe, and Luke. And uh, I was at the end of the table chit-chatting away with the infamous Danny Schuler of Biohazard, one of my favorite drummers. What's up, Danny? And uh, I heard commotion up at the head of the table where Joe, Luke, and Cousin Joe from Black and Blue Productions were sitting. And I don't know how it came to be, but the offer came for Wisdom and Chains to play the show. Originally, people out there might, might know if they listen to the podcast, the band has been going through a lot of crap, trouble. It's hard for us to get on the same page. And uh, we have no new music written. Nothing planned to record. And for this whole year, we only plan to play Salt Lake City in October, October 30th, I believe, because that was actually a show that was booked before the pandemic. And the fine people out in Salt Lake City already uh, paid for our tickets and uh, lodging and all that. So that's the only show we plan to play as, you know, it was just rescheduled. So this came up. Luke and Joe were like, let's do it, let's do it. And I really appreciated the offer from Cousin Joe, but I was saying no to almost every show that was offered before that. So I was telling them, I was like, listen, I said no to this, that. You know, how's it going to look to play this show? Luke started politicking. He hit up the other dudes in the band. We said, yo, all right, let's do this. Let's get together. We practiced one time. And that's how we ended up on the bill. Now, how the whole show started, from what I understand, it was booked way back, like six months ahead of time. Well, it wasn't this show wasn't booked, but the date was reserved by a man named Chris, who works the uh, all those shows in the park. He basically reach out, reaches out to the park officials and says, hey, could I have this date? Uh, applies for them. They say yes or no. And uh, But you have to do it way ahead of time. And he never really knows who's going to swallow up the date. He's kind of like a holder of the dates. And then some stuff he knows, you know, he knows what's going on way ahead of time. But he holds the dates. So with not much time, um, Cousin Joe, he uh, he reaches out to this guy, says, what dates you got? Boom, he says, April 24th. He said, let's do some. Have you done anything yet? And the guy says, there's been shows going on in the park this whole time. Cousin Joe's like, no way. Fuck it. Let's do a show then. Everything looks good. Experts say you could be out in the sun. Uh, New York's, all the restaurants open wide open now. That area is bumping. The Lower East Side. All of that. All the, all the people all over the streets. And I'm in New York City every day, so I see it's very crowded. Very crowded. I take a I go I work in the city. I take a bus that's completely filled there and back. No social distancing on the bus. You sit down and you go. I get off, I jump on the subway. No social distancing on the subway. Boom. Nobody there to tell people to wear their mask on the subway. I get off the subway, I go to a, a job site filled with people and it's been going on for months. That's just how it is. You go out in the streets in New York, people everywhere blah, blah, blah. Some people wear masks, some don't. It's just been the way it is. I know some of you people don't know. You want to pretend you know, but you don't know. You believe in Fox News. Oh, it's it's a, New York is a zombie apocalypse. Nobody's Everybody's there. It's crowded. It's bumping. It's great. It's the best city in the world. Anyway, the um, 
the guy that does the the uh, park shows, he had the date. Cuz swallowed it up. Boom, got the date. He got this band, that band. And let's face it, a lot of bands said no, 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 no. Why not? Well, we'd love to play it, but we don't want no backlash. Okay, fair enough. Or maybe they said we don't feel safe. I don't know if anybody said that, you know. But uh, you know, people probably, from what I understand, were more victims of the potential mob mentality that they thought would follow and that did follow to an extent so cuz got to date booked a few bands boom everybody's excited now did i think that many people would show up to that park on that day no not because new york city isn't bumping but because it was short notice it was a pretty short notice you know a couple weeks to promote the show that's not how things usually go nowadays and the scene shows are promoted for months this one not so much so they got the date boom we get pizza next thing you know we're on it all of a sudden we're forced to practice and we practice and we had a good time and it was nice show up to the show and uh I park right away. I was like, wow, this is beautiful. The day was great. The park looked beautiful. Those purple and white trees all over the place. Sun shining. There must have been a thousand dogs, people with dogs. You know, not even part of the show, but there's like a dog park within the uh, within the park. And you know what? I noticed not one of those fucking dogs had a mask on either, I noticed. But anyway, so many dogs, all types of people, people for the show and... So many just chilling, sunbathing, throwing the ball, playing games, frisbee. It's a park. You know how it goes. But I was surprised to see so many people for the show. And it was so great. Stage was set up by the time I got there. I found parking. Some nice people helped me unload. Boom. Next thing you know, I'm watching the first band, The Capturers. Wow. They sounded great. I mean... I guess it's like kind of reggae-ish kind of band. I knew the one member, Raven, who was the saxophone player, and he's incredible. He was in the band, and I recognized some other people in the band. So, they, you know, they weren't a hardcore band by any means, but the crowd was loving it, and they were, like, killing it. They were doing so good. They played. People had a great time. Very mellow style of music, though. Real laid back. And... uh now, we're up next. We only have a 20-minute set. So I made a mistake that day, and I didn't need anything. You know, I didn't need anything. I'm usually kind of like, ah, oh, I don't fall for that stuff. Oh, you got to eat something, blah, I should have ate something. The first song started, I was like real lightheaded. But the crowd was dope. The crowd was so dope. I mean, people were just into it, eager. And this show was so, so diverse. So many girls. So many boys, young people, old people, black people, white people, all shades, sexual orientations, wide open with it. Trans people handing out literature about that. It's amazing how this show got twisted into something that it totally wasn't by people who Probably don't even know a fucking black person, you nerds. Except Urkel's probably the only black guy you know. Anyway, and another thing, people saying, oh, thank you, you're going to kill your grandmother playing the show. My grandmother wasn't there and she doesn't even like hardcore. So give me a break. Anyway, 
the captures were killing it. So smooth, great reggae, boom, they're done. Next thing, we're up. I set up, we set up, boom, boom, boom. We're about to go, and you know what's up. What just recently happened in New York? The great DMX passed away. So we did a little intro, a little piece of uh, a DMX song. It's up on YouTube if anyone wants to check it out. That was a lot of fun. I don't know why Mad Joe didn't sing the words to that. I was kind of waiting like he's going to sing the words. No, but it was just music. That's all right. We did that, and we did maybe five songs, like spitballed out. And, yo, when I looked behind me on stage and I saw Vinny Stigma, Siv from Gorilla Biscuits, Ezak, Crown of Thorns, Jimmy from Murphy's Law, all these guys from the New York hardcore scene, supporting us, excited. It felt great, man. It did. It did feel great. It was a good show. We, we, we hope we played good. We got a good response. We were definitely rusty because it's been so long. But, man, we're musicians. We play music. It's not easy for us to sit out for a year. Like, are you kidding? Maybe people who have no passion on anything in particular, can't relate. But when you're passionate, yo, listen, throughout the years, Wisdom and Chains played in dilapidated squats that were truly dangerous, truly dangerous. And we got props for it. We got props for being the kind of band that would play under a bridge illegally. We got props for that. Now we're playing a legal show, <laughs> legally permitted by the state, of, state and city of New York, and people are crying. What? Upside down, left and right, everything's backwards anymore. But anyway, we blasted out. Bam, one, two, three, four, five. It was great. Kids stage diving, singing along. It was a beautiful event. We got done. Next up, Blood Clot. John Joseph. Now listen, John Joseph has his own beliefs of what's up. And he's respectful. He's respectful if you want to debate his beliefs. Go ahead. I don't know what the hell he believes because I kind of don't give a fuck. I'm there for music, 100%. But if my homie is there for some Krishna stuff, my other pal's there for some straight edge stuff, my other guy's there for some vegan stuff, my other gal over here, she got the, the Christian heart, good for them. I'm there for the music, for the songs. Lyrics. That's why I'm there. Not there to play the other games, which is fine if you want to. But Blood Clot sounded vicious. They have a, a new guy in the lineup. I'm not sure of his name, but he killed it. You know, he killed it. They just lost a member not too long ago. A key guy from that from that Lower East Side area and historical New York hardcore guy. And But they came out and they killed it. And the shape that John Joseph is in is incredible. I mean, this guy's in his 50s, early, mid-50s. It's almost almost magical to see like someone that fit, that young, that strong, with that type of endurance at that age. Because let's face it, in America, in your early 50s, look around, man. You're shot. Early 50 Americans are rolling around Walmart and those fucking electronic wheelchair things. 
you know, with a bag of Doritos on their lap. That's that's what you're going against nowadays. But this guy got something else in mind. He's on some different shit. So John Joseph and Blood Clot was next. They killed it. Now, after that, Murphy's Law was up. But remember, I told you I didn't eat nothing. I was dying. My nose was bleeding. My ears were bleeding. I had blood coming out of my booty hole. No, I'm just kidding about that. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to get something to eat. So me and my girl took a little trip, walk around, boom, got some pizza, refreshed. When I take a pizza, it's like Popeye taking a spinach. You know what I'm saying? I was like, Roo! like, yo, fleck. I looked like a dog before a fight. I'm After I got that pizza, I mean, we went back. So I missed a lot of Murphy's Law. But what I didn't miss when I came back was people just on top of each other, smiling, laughing, like just having a great time. All types of people. It was great. There was little kids. There was old ass motherfuckers. There's everybody. Now, during Murphy's Law, there was a guy that later I found out was from, I think, SSD which I don't know too much about except that they were a straight-edge band at one time, so respect for the straight-edge part. But this guy comes out as a person that came to the show, and I guess he's recognized by Jimmy from Murphy's Law, who's an older cat like this guy is, and he knows, oh, that's my old friend that used to be in SSD, so he sings a couple lines. Now, he's wearing a shirt that says, Black Flags Matters. That's kind of goofy, if you ask me. That's goofy. You know, there's there's kind of no need to insult or belittle, if that was his intention. I really, I don't know the dude at all. I don't know. I didn't even see it that day. I saw it later, the day after, or maybe two days after in photos. But I thought it was goofy. But that was one person who wore a shirt, a homemade thing on his own accord, in and at a show surrounded i mean there was a ton of blm people and merchandise literature all over this 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 show from the beginning to the end and the people at the booth were having a great time a great time i got some literature took it home boom boom check this out okay one two three you know how we do but like i said murphy's law POC members, Wisdom of Chains, POC members, the opening band of Captured, majority POC members, Madball, POC members. Okay, Blood Clot, you're a bunch of white boys. What can we do? A bunch of Irish white boys. I don't know. I'm just saying to twist this up is so devious, you little, you little swindlers, you little clowns. We know what you're up to when you got nothing to say. Racist. He's a racist. Racist. My singer was arguing with someone on Instagram who was calling him a racist scum. (laughs) And we got a couple death threats. People are going to kill us because we put people in danger. So (laughs) we put people in danger of getting COVID, so we should be killed. Uh, The mentality of you people. Get back on track, Richie. Get back on track. I'm going to smack the shit out of some of you people at some point. I sw- I'm open hand smack in front of everybody. In front of everybody. Boom! And you can be like, no, what I, I can't believe you're hitting me just because I called you a racist scum and said I was going to kill you. And now you're acting like this? Oh, God. You stupid motherfuckers. I will find everyone. All right, calm down. Calm down. 
After Blood Clot Murphy's Law, I told you Murphy's Law killed it, but I missed a lot of it. But I was starving to death. What do you want me to do? After Murphy's Law, Madball hits the stage, and the stage is crowded. And me and my girl, we want to get up there. And uh, we got uh, Evelyn with us too, Ray's girl. And we got like, we got to get up there. We got to get up there. And then my, Evelyn and my girl, they're small. They're like little weasels, you know, like, man, they get through. Nobody even knows they're going by you. Me, you know, I'm teased out, son. What you going to do? All right, I'm a little fat. Whatever it is, I don't know. You could pick one. But it was hard for me to get up there. But we got on that stage. We set up shop. And for all my people that were home, the people that said, I can't make it. Live stream, please. Why can't you make it? I got work. I can't make it. I'm too far. Okay. Yo, could you live stream? Because I don't feel comfortable not in that atmosphere yet. You got it. I didn't judge nobody. You said you don't feel comfortable coming? Respect, of course. I believe whatever you think. You know, you could say you don't feel comfortable going to a regular show. I'm not going to clown on you. It's not my stilo, son. So I live streamed the whole Madball set, and it was great it was glorious it was beautiful really mixed set and they were supposed to be done with the the permit said by six o'clock boom they were done exactly at six o'clock and so many people worked hard to set that stage up set that sound up and you know that stage cost money bro that was that was like a real that was like a real event like, you know, this didn't sound crappy. This wasn't some homemade PA system with the mic going out every two seconds. This was some real shit. People put money out for this. Why? To make money? No, to put on a hardcore show, to do it for hardcore, to plant the hardcore flag. Bands and venues have taken such, they took such a beating during this whole thing, more so than anywhere else. Venues got crushed. So many hard regulations that kind of didn't make sense. People said, what? But what about this? Why is this open? Why can't I go there? I don't get it. Dropping fines on these venues. Left, right, left, boom. It was very unusual. Very unusual. I'm not saying it was wrong to shut things down because I really don't know. I'm just saying the practice and picking which ones had to be shut and which ones didn't, I couldn't really make sense out of. So I'll just be honest. The regulations were erratic. They didn't, they didn't make sense. In my opinion, during this pandemic, you can't find an area, a town, a state, this country. Nobody did it right. No Democrats did it right. No Republicans did it right. Everything was such a mess beginning to end. And let's, you know, it seems like it's dying down now. The day after the event in New York City, Fauci explains it's very difficult to get infected outdoors in the sun. Very difficult. Experts were already saying this, so it was kind of public knowledge. But him saying it sped up the CDC and others to let everybody know that to make other people feel better that aren't watching as closely as I was to the experts. So he came out after that. New York City came out soon after and said, we're going to open up the whole thing real soon, you know, in a month or something. Like I said, that night after the show, because the show was over six, I went to my favorite restaurant, Little Frankie's, 100% capacity. So the whole complete inside was open. 
And the outside they set up temporarily was also open. Every seat in the house was taken. Shoulder to shoulder with strangers eating my spaghetti limone. And it was so good. I recommend anyone that goes to... Now, I'm not going to tell you because stay the fuck out of my spot. But uh, then... Walked around the city, got some ice cream, people everywhere, fun. Hit Times Square late night. Times Square was 10 times more packed than that park. At like 2 in the morning. People are living life. Don't hate. Negotiate. Don't diss. What, what could I say to run this? I don't know. Don't diss, though. Like I said, rearrange your words. Show some respect. Respectfully say, mm, if you have to, because, you know, your opinion is so important to everybody. But if you have to share your opinion, why couldn't it be, oh, I'm hoping for the best fellow hardcore people. But maybe it was too soon. Only time will tell. Well, guess what? The time is up. You were wrong. Nothing happened. It wasn't a super spreader. People aren't dropping like flies. These old guys at the show aren't dead. Even though you wished it upon us, you missed hardcore history. This, well, that show will no doubt, regardless of your efforts, go down as one of the greatest moves made in this scene. Because it was a, a move like the scene itself. It was a pioneer move, and the scene hasn't made a pioneer move in so long. It became stale, and who's the heaviest? Who's the fastest? Who got the most clever thing to say in between a song while breathing heavy? That's what it turned into, and it was almost like nothing. Where was the action at? There you had the action. Hardcore set it off for the whole music industry. We set it off. You don't want to look at anybody else doing shows, point the fingers, then point them at us. Go ahead. We know what's up. You offer me that show again, I play it again. You missed it. Great show. Respect to all involved. And that Madball set is on YouTube. Go check that out. If you missed it, check it out. And guess what? I'm not hating. I'm just letting people know. Yo, Chris, take us out. Thanks a lot for listening. We really appreciate it. Post America podcast will always be there for you. Don't forget that. Tune in next time for more fun with the boys. Until then, get your fucking ass out of here before I give you a smack, motherfucker. Who the fuck is this you in? This is Post America. You ain't shit, motherfucker.